Welcome to Walking with Freya, a journey through special needs parenting. This podcast is a place for parents and caregivers of children with special needs to share stories, the very real struggles and challenges we face, along with the inevitable love and joy these children have brought into our lives. This is a place for unapologetic honesty, well-intentioned laughter, and endless support. A safe place for us to learn, share, discuss, and help each other navigate this often unexpected journey. Be kind, be supportive, and when you can, keep the humor. My name is Annie, and welcome to Walking with Freya. One of the things that continues to amaze and inspire me on this journey of being the parent to a child with special needs is the incredibly kind and compassionate people we meet along the way. The people who are not brought into this community through the birth of a child, but came here intentionally, with purpose and an enormous heart. I always like to hear people's origin story, especially people who work in the special needs community, Because surely there's a child or a sibling or a cousin, maybe, with special needs who inspired them to take this path. I'm always intrigued and in awe of people who found their way here without any outside motivation. I'm not sure what that says about me, but I know that these are noble professions. From the specialist in Florida who puts in a tremendous amount of time and love to provide, advocate, research, and encourage our kids and families, to the itinerant teachers who came to our home to work with Freya before she was school age, the speech therapist who became a friend, to the teachers that Freya has now, the amazing teachers she has now, they are all such wonderful advocates for Freya, and I am beyond grateful to have them in our lives. I had the absolute pleasure of interviewing three women who I know are making a beautiful difference in so many lives of people with PWS. I imagine the families of these individuals feel that same sense of encouragement and hope and gratitude that I have felt for the people who work with Freya. And they have graciously invited Freya to become a part of their community online, something that has been a wonderful addition to our lives. And it's an invitation that extends to you and your child with PWS as well. So I feel like I'm going to make it awkward if I just keep gushing. So let's move into this a little more. But before we get into the episode, I just want to remind everyone to please take a moment to rate and review the podcast and check out Walking with Frey on Instagram, especially this month, because I am posting daily about PWS because it is PWS Awareness Month. And so I have posts out there that are information. Some are hopefully inspirational. I've been putting out some writing prompts because I'm a devout believer in therapeutic journaling, something that I'm looking into studying further and possibly offering as an online journaling workshop or uh, definitely want to do some face-to-face. So I'll keep you all posted with that. But um, yeah, so just check out the check out Walking with Freya. There's also the Facebook group. PWS community challenge that I started for this month to share the post that I'm putting there. So check all that out. Now into the episode. So the Latham Centers is a residential educational program in Massachusetts. Now Patrice Carroll is the director of PWS services for both children and adults at Latham Centers. Patrice received her MSW from Simmons College, Boston, Massachusetts in 2008. 
Patrice is the co-chair of the PWSA USA Professional Providers Board, as well as a member of the International Prader-Willi Syndrome Organization Professional Providers and Caregivers Advisory Board, and has over 20 years of experience working with children and adults diagnosed with PWS. She is a co-author of the book Living Healthy with Prader-Willi Syndrome, and in addition to her experience with developing person-centered vocational programming for people with PWS, she has specialized in the multimodal, I hope I'm saying that right, multimodal, M-O-D-A-L, management of skin and rectal picking. And Katrina Frickland started at Latham Centers in 2013 as Development Associate and was promoted to Director of Development. She is now a member of the admissions team as Director of National Outreach. Katrina has served as co-editor and co-author to the Latham Centers Living Healthy with PWS Cookbook series and Understanding the PWS Mindset and Development of Coping Skills and has produced a variety of videos at Latham Centers ranging from A Day in the Life to And They Said My Child Would Never. Katrina works with parents in PWS associations nationally and internationally and produces materials that aid parents, guardians, and caretakers in the larger PWS community and serves as the Latham Centers conference manager. I just have to say, for some reason, Latham is a hard word for me to say. (laughs) Apparently, I keep stumbling over it. Uh, It's L-A-T-H-A-M. It's a very simple word, but um, I keep stumbling. I apologize. And thirdly, the third woman I interviewed was Brittany Clement. She is Director of Program Marketing and Admissions. She started at Latham Centers in 2012 as a classroom teacher. She quickly became the Assistant Principal and then Director of Education, serving as an administrator while working with the students. Brittany has worked with over 100 students with Prader-Willi Syndrome during her tenure at Latham Centers and has created innovative plans for staff to best meet the needs of students, as well as strategies for the students who are learning how to cope with the challenges of a PWS diagnosis. She now leads the admissions team, bringing her educational background to the parents with whom Latham Centers works. Brittany serves on the Special Education Advisory Board of PWSA USA, where she works with a team who advises on special education issues, develops and reviews special education resources, and offers guidance on support services. In 2020, 2020, the year that we'd all love to forget, I'm sure, (laughs) Um, during COVID-19, Brittany, Patrice, and Katrina created and currently facilitate a PWS virtual community to strengthen relationships for individuals with PWS around the world. Now, in this interview, we talked about the opportunities they offer the PWS community, the possibilities for the future, which I thought were pretty exciting, what Latham Centers provides its students, and the resources they offer to the wider community. So please check the show notes for links to these resources. They mentioned some uh, in the interview as we're talking, and so I'll put some uh, links up in the show notes. And you can always go to their website, LathamCenters.org, to learn more. That's L-A-T-H-A-M-C-E-N-T-E-R-S dot O-R-G. This was one of my favorite episodes I just can't even put into words how happy I am to know that these women are in the world, that they exist, and that I'm, how many more people in the world are there like them? Let's, let's celebrate them. 
I am so grateful for this community. To all of you who listen to the podcast, to those of you who reach out to me personally to let me know that you're listening and that this podcast is having a positive effect on your life. And I'm especially grateful for, to borrow the words of Fred Rogers' mother, the helpers. We would be lost without you. I have three women here from the Latham Centers on the East Coast, and uh, they're going to talk about the work that they do and what they provide the Prader-Willi Syndrome community. And so we'll just start if you guys each want to take a turn and introduce yourself and say um, what it is you do uh, with the Latham, Latham Centers. Sure. Uh, I'm Brittany Clement. I am the Director of um, Program Marketing and Admissions here at Latham. Um, I've been here for about nine years now um, in many different capacities from teacher to Director of Education. Um, so we're super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having us. And I'm Patrice Carroll. I am the Director of PWS Services at Latham. Um, also the co-chair of the PWSA USA Providers Board and on the IPSO Board. Um, I've been working with people with PWS for about 20 years. And I am Katrina Frickland. I am the Director of National Outreach at Latham Centers. I've been there just a little bit shorter than Brittany at around eight years and really feel that the work we do at Latham Centers is impacting people around the world with PWS. So I think when we have opportunities like this. It's just so important. And we're so grateful for speaking with you today. And thank you. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, let's start by talking about the the residential site, what it what it is that you do for individuals in a residential setting. So Latham Centers is a residential educational program. So all of our students live at Latham Centers in dormitory style environments where they have their own room, their own suite friend groups, and then they also have their classroom. Um, I'm gonna let Brittany talk a little bit about the educational piece and how it ties into the residential piece. But in my opinion, one of the most important things about Latham Centers is our interdepartmental approach to care. So we have a clinical team that works with our residential team who works with our educational team and our health and wellness team, creating an all around environment that enables individuals with PWS to not only be able to focus on their goals because of our food secure environment and reduce their anxiety, but also create that amazing friend group. And I'm sure that Patrice is going to talk a little bit about that friend group because it is so important to our PWS community. Sure. Um, one of the things that I think is most striking about Latham is that uh, the kids come to us uh, coming from typically a public school setting or even sometimes a private school setting where they're the only child diagnosed with PWS and they don't have a real peer group. Um, they're usually the only child in their town. Their families you know, may know a few other families with kids with PWS but see them only at conferences or only you know, online. Right. So when they come to us really for the first time, they're not that odd man out. They're not different. They're just with other kids who are all just like them and they're understood, staff understand them, their peers understand them, and they're not constantly explaining and their parents aren't constantly explaining why, you know, John is doing this or why Sally's doing that. It's just, they know, we know, we get it, their peers get it. Um, and I think that's, for me, the most striking thing and that families often will comment that for the first time in their child's life, they have real friends, they have true friends, and they've never experienced that before. 
And I think another piece to just add to it is not only are we, you know, a residential facility, um, we're a very individualized residential facility. So when you talk about the educational portion, um, all of our students do come in on an individualized education plan, um, which is followed, you know, throughout their entire day. So it's not just during the 830 to 230 school hours, it translates over into the residential hours as well. Um, and it's really individualized. So honing in on that, that word there, um, because everybody's plan is so different from you know, the IEP to their behavioral support plan, um, all pieces of it are very individualized. Mm -hmm. Well, I gotta say Patrice, when you were talking, I was feeling, uh, I was getting a little emotional. <laughs> like it was definitely hitting me. So, uh, you know, as a parent to hear, you know, that there's a place that like, you know, that my daughter could go and be with kids who are just like her in a, in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, the kids in her class, you know, they're very similar in a lot of ways as well, but except for this one thing. And yeah, I live in a small area. And uh, so, yeah, so it, I can imagine how moving and just yeah. how intense that can be and wonderful for families to show up there and say, oh, wow, okay, here's a, here's a good place yeah, there's challenges with it. I mean, no parent, I think, wants to make a decision to send their child to a residential program unless they really look at a different aspects in their, their lives and saying, is this the right decision for our entire family? And for some families, it really is the right decision. And Latham is a place where students and kids with PWS between the ages of 8 to 22 have the opportunity to thrive because of everything that we mentioned below. So along with the difficulties that are inherent in making decisions like this come so many highs and so many good moments of love and joy and friendship and camaraderie that um, I think all of us were surprised at when we started working at Latham centers at our different times. It, it shocks every staff person at Latham about the friendship groups and how important it, it is for the kids at Latham. I think so many times too, we hear, you know, or we say that it's so much harder on the parents than it is on the kiddos. Um, and it's true, you know, they come and they're like, mom, I can't talk right now. You know, I got to go play soccer with my friends or nope, nope, this is happening at this hour. So call again tomorrow. Um, and the parents, you know, are kind of like, well, you know, I want to talk to them. Um, so a lot of times it really truly is harder on the parents um, because your whole life is around their schedule. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, and, uh, you know, so PWS is a spectrum disorder. So I imagine you have um, kids with all varying degrees of challenges and yes. so that must be tricky or does that work out? Like you figured it out, I imagine, over the time. Yeah, so, um, it, it, you know, it, of course it is a spectrum disorder. And so the kids who are at Latham are kids who need residential level of care. Um, and they, they often come they always come with, with a certain amount of challenges and some are more challenging than others. But what we see is that once they get into the program and once we start to understand them, once they start to trust us, we always see those, those behaviors decrease because they're in an environment where they're safe, where they're understood um, and, and where we can really work on those challenges with them. Whereas in a school where you have several other students who don't have PWS, it's really hard to do that because you can't change your school environment for one student, whereas our environment is, is created for the person with PWS. So it's, it's actually easier for us to do it than it is for a public school to do it. Um, and we almost always see a decrease in those challenging behaviors. 
in fact, I, I think I can say we always do. I, don't, I can't think mm -hmm. of anyone who's maintained their level of challenging behaviors from the time they came or gotten worse. I don't have any memory of that and I've been around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I've been well learning. Said, Patrice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my daughter is nine. So uh, a few years ago, I did a conference with Lisa Graziano about yeah. behavior management. And sure. I remember um, I just, it was mind blowing just how, you know, learning about just how much patience is required in the beginning to yeah. kind of be able to get over yeah. those hurdles. But when you realize that, you know, if you're calm and you're patient and you're yeah. compassionate and, yeah. you know, it, it's different than I think how a, a lot of us are raised, you know, we kind yes. of this culture of needing to punish Certainly. and make sure you know that you did something Certainly. wrong. And like, that's the opposite yeah. of. And in all fairness, um, there are some kids who, you know, we talked about it being a spectrum disorder that you can be as calm and as patient and, you know, as skilled as possible, but it's still not going to be able, uh, you're still not gonna be able to manage a, a child who's on that end of the spectrum safely in a home or in a public school. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the decision that families have to make. Is this still safe for my entire family? Um, there are some kids who do great with that. And there are some kids who still, even with the best of the best, need this level of care, even with the best parents in the world still need this level of care. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Thank you for pointing that out. So do you have, do you have multiple residential areas or just one big one? So we have one um, residential campus for our children's program and that's in Brewster, uh, Massachusetts. And that children's program is eight to 22. Um, and then we do have some group homes across the Cape as well for um, an adult program. Um, so that's 22 plus. And obviously, you know, it's a lifelong program. Um, and we've also started to get kind of creative in the, in the realm of looking at um, smart apartments um, and getting into kind of some sh shared living opportunities and things like that. So not your typical, you know, full-time group home model, um, but exploring some other models that might work for our individuals. Wow. That's exciting. So, I mean, I know what I imagine when you say like smart apartments, um, but maybe, I don't know if can you talk about that or is that still like in the works? No, no, it's probably, it's probably what you're imagining. So um, it is, uh, it's an apartment that's created for somebody who doesn't need 24 seven eyes on, right? For somebody who has um, the ability to be on their own, but still needs that supervision. So in that apartment, you're gonna have fridges that lock and open at certain times. So the fridge unlocks at a certain time and you get that, that, that day's meal out, whatever it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Um, while you're brushing your teeth at the sink, you're is actually a scale under the ground. So you're being, you're being weighed while you're standing there. Um, met, at medication time, you go up to a device that, that dispenses the meds for you. Um, there's cameras so that you can turn it on and get to a staff whenever you want, but no one's watching you when, when you don't want it on. Um, so all those really cool things that we can do now is actually um, based around some of the smart homes that they have in place for um, people with dementia. So all the very similar things that, so you can live safely without constant supervision, but still have all those checks in place. It's pretty cool. Wow, that, um, is, that is amazing. Yeah, it's <laughs> super cool because there are people who still need supervision, but don't need that traditional group home 24 seven eyes on model. And there, and if you do need that, that's great. We have that too. But 
for people who don't need that, there are other options. And what I think we see now at Latham Centers is in the children's program, Brittany mentioned the campus. On that campus, we also have a group home that is for kids in the children's program. It's more of a transitional level. So they're living in an adult home type of environment, but coming to campus, which is just a stone's throw away, and joining um, class in that type of arena. And then in the adult home, there is the spectrum of care too, right? You have the 24-7, 365 models, ranging all the way down to a more smart home type of model. So you have somebody who might be in their 50s, 60s, their hyperphagia is decreasing, extra things, the extra behaviors that they used to have aren't as prevalent anymore, but they still need that guidance and help. So maybe they are at an age where they could go in a smart home, but you look at that same person at 70 and what is their body going to be like at that age? Is the smart home still going to be the best form or do they need a home that has a more intense level of care just because their body is aging? So it really, you look at the landscape of PWS care from eight, forever on and Latham Centers is really finding a way to adapt to what is necessary. Yeah, this is really the first generation that we're seeing enter their 70s. So um, this is new territory for all of us, but it's a pretty cool time to be working um, with this with this diagnosis because we've never seen it before. So. Yeah. Well, and Patrice, that was one of the questions I had for you because you've been working in this field for 20 years. Yeah. Um, you know, my daughter is nine, so I've been here for nine years um yeah and it seems like so much has changed already and so I just was wondering what you've seen in the 20 years you know 20 years ago yeah yeah absolutely it looked very different. So I think in 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 the past couple of decades what we found is that um we certainly know a lot more about subtypes right we know how different subtypes are and that it's important to know um, because the people who we have in our adult program right now we don't know and never will know really um, because the subtyping is so expensive after, after infancy. Um, we know um, a lot more about medication and what meds work and what meds don't, and that even meds that are designed for a specific symptom may cause the exact opposite um, reaction that you want in the person with PWS. We know that um, all of the uh, amazing things that growth hormone has done, we certainly didn't have that. Um, it was just rarely starting um, to be best practices back then. But I think mostly what we know is that these kids with PWS don't need to be in a punitive environment. They absolutely do not want to act the way that they act sometimes. Um, and I think that's the most important thing is that we know these are sweet, kind, funny kids who get overwhelmed really, really easily. And when they do, they act out in ways that they do not want to act out. So I think that's really, the mindset has changed so much over the past couple of decades from we need to um, kind of force this person into this model that we want them to be in, right? We want them to act this way at this time. And if they don't, then we're going to take this away or um, they have to earn you know, things back. We don't do that anymore mostly because now we know that these behaviors aren't a choice. They're not choosing to do this. Um, so we know the consequences don't work. We know the punishment doesn't work because these aren't choices that they're making. Um, the more that we can build them up, work on their strengths, make them feel good about themselves, the better they're gonna act. So 
the last thing we want to do is is take down their self-esteem because they already feel pretty bad when they do things that they know they shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. So if we can build that up and work, and we also know how closely they bond with people and how quickly they bond with people. That's the stuff we need to be using and not what we were doing 20 years ago, which is you're on a level plan. You need to earn back all these things that you really want. Um, we stopped using behavior plans. So those have been major changes, I think, in the past 20 years. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that element of understanding that it's just so compulsive and nothing yeah. good is going to come out of scolding that or being no. angry. Nope. Nope. So they're just going to feel worse about themselves and then they're going to act out more because they're going to feel badly about themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's an important thing for parents to, yeah. to know and to hear. Yeah. Um, okay, so Brittany, so as an educator, my daughter is mainstreamed at a Waldorf school with, um, you know, some adjustments, obviously. So are there any things as far as like education-wise, like any patterns that you see with kids with PWS that are good for parents to understand as far as like learning styles or... It's a good question. Um, you know, as far as patterns, you know, I, I think when we talked about like the individualized, every student does learn so differently um, and on their own levels, you know, you have kinesthetic learners, you have um, all types of, you know, kiddos coming in and, and learning in different in different ways. I think a lot of times more of that hands-on approach is, is helpful um, for our students. Um, but I think also as, as much as not necessarily individualizing for those kiddos that are in um, mainstream classrooms, um, but small groups, um, you know, being able to really kind of take a concept and run with it with direct instruction, um, whether it's, you know, a three to one or a four to one group, as opposed to a full classroom. I think a lot of times when you see these kiddos in the mainstream, it is really difficult when you've got 25 other kids learning you know, a math problem, and you might be in the back room, you know, not really wondering, not really knowing what's going on, um, you know, so being able to have more of that direct instruction, um, and a lot of times I think what we see is students do come to us with, you know, a one-to-one -one, um, or things like that, and I fear sometimes that the public schools are, are giving them that one-to-one, -one, and then that one-to-one's doing a lot of work for them, um, so it's it's kind of that balance between, you know, giving them support to get through those concepts, but not giving too much support um, so that they're able to learn it on their own and they are succeeding in those academics. I just wanted to add something really quick to that is sometimes when, when kids are in, in school and they're not fully understood, um, they can act out in ways and you're assuming it's manipulative, you're assuming it's, it's them trying to get attention. And oftentimes it really comes down to executive functioning disorder and sensory problems assessment disorder. Mm -hmm. So I just want to kind of throw that in there that those are two really important things that uh, schools need to understand not to make an assumption that the child is being disruptive. They might, they truly may be very uncomfortable or feel mm -hmm. very chaotic because of the mm -hmm. environment, if the environment's chaos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've, I've learned that just um, spending this year being my, being Freya's teacher, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, not, mm -hmm. I mean, right. her, you know, helping right. her at home. Yes. And just realizing that I, you know, she is going to need a one-on-one -on -one for certain things. There's no way she could do this without me. But I do see that, like her now waiting for me to like give her the answer to like yep. really walk her through it. So I'm trying to, you know, find that, figure. Out. And thankfully, they're going to school soon. 
Yeah. And then it's hard. I mean, what a year it's been, you know, not only do we have those issues when they're in person, but now, you know, how many students have had to learn remotely and talk through a zoom screen and, you know, talk about anxiety. I mean, it's anxiety driven for all of us to jump on a zoom screen. I remember the first, you know, first month or so we were like, wait, do we have to turn our cameras on? Um, you know, um, so, you know, for students to be in a classroom with 25 little boxes, um, you know, and, and looking at everybody's backgrounds and everything going on, um, it's super anxiety driven for them. So yeah. On top of, you know, their every day, they just went through a crazy year, year and a half um, of virtual learning. Yeah. Parents too, you know, <clears throat> kudos to all the parents out there for being that teacher and for being that one-to-one. Because -one. Uh, I know you didn't sign up for that uh, when you sent your, your kid out of school. <laughs> well, so how did Latham Centers handle the pandemic? I mean, everybody was already there, so... Yeah, um, so we were all here. Yeah, yep. So everybody stayed here. Um, some students did, uh, some parents did decide to take their students home. I mean, it was so, there was so much uncertainty in the beginning um, that I think for some parents, it was, oh my goodness, you know, I need to take my student home and, and have them in my care. Um, for others, they felt that this was probably the safest place for their um, student. Um, we really did lock down campus. Um, we created kind of some hub style um, learning environments. Um, we, they learned, they slept, they ate, they did everything um, in one area just to mitigate the spread across campus with staff coming in and things like that. Um, we, to this day, knock on wood, have had one case of an individual um, and it was actually a, a non-PWS individual. Um, on campus. So we've, we've done a really, really nice job of just maintaining that safety, you know, and it came with hardships. Um, you know, students weren't able to go home for the holidays, um, which was really challenging. Uh, last summer, they didn't get to go on their really fun outings that they usually get to go on. Um, the steel watch is like the summer activity. Um, and it didn't, it wasn't able to happen last year. So with all of those hardships, though, I want to say our, I mean, our kiddos have just absolutely done an incredible job through this entire time, um, probably better than most of us have. Um, yeah. You know, it really, we do Zooms with them. Um, we actually do a Zoom class on Friday with them. And it, it's so much fun. I mean, we've all been home for a year. You know, we're just getting back into the office a couple of days a week. And we, it, it was challenging for us because we love what we do, but what we do is for the students. And when you don't get to see them every day or, you know, yeah. pass them in the hallway or get that, you know, hey, you know, I love your shoes today or, you know, any of those comments, it, it just, it makes it so much harder. So, you know, being back, it's like, Oh my goodness, you know, it's just nice to see them. Um, but it did give us kind of that sense to be on the virtual world and see them. Um, and we felt very connected because we did continue to do some classes with them and things like that. So it's yeah. been a challenge um, and we're, we're looking forward to kind of getting back to whatever the new normal is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so on that note, because um, you do, you have a whole now like kind of this virtual world um is that new to the from with the pandemic or it is it's um it's been really exciting for the team it really started as a result of i think it was the three of us one day just kind of sitting down thinking about exactly what we're talking about now how difficult it must be for these kids to be going through exactly what we're going through right now um and so it started with just a story time on monday wednesday 
day, Patrice thought about a bunch of people in the PWS community who we could reach out to and have as special guest readers. Mm -hmm. And that first week, two weeks of story time is now transformed into this amazing opportunity where now we offer four different um, classes, if you will, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So one a day, and they range from a book group to a story time. We also have the drawing class where we lead students all with PWS virtually. There's about 20 to 25 students, give or take that join us. Non-Latham um, students. These are kids from all yeah. over the country living at home. Okay. Yeah, Exactly, um, all between the ages of eight to 22, but sometimes their siblings join and we teach yeah step-by-step -step drawing. So within these classes, we're watching a video, they're giving us facts. They're drawing these incredible masterpieces. And these are kids that have in the past, oh, I'm not an artist. And you all are artists. There's no mistakes in art. Let's do this together. And you should have seen some of the stuff that they draw. We drew tardigrades yeah. the other day. They taught us hey. about tardigrades and we and walked thank right Thank you through to it. our own um, artist right here, Katrina. Um, she walks us all through it. So uh, yes. Patrice and I have learned a thing or two as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Brett. And then we and then now we have a craft corner. So we think about things that people like, right? So people love getting mail. People love getting a box once a month with goodies that they like. What do our kids like? They like doing crafts and sitting down with this virtual group. So we have just started a brand new in 2021 um, craft corner where monthly we send a really cool craft box out, we focus on a theme. And in this, not only are we working on peer groups and friendships, um, at this point we have students reaching out to each other outside of our regular meetings and just kind of chatting with one another. And they really have some best friends on this group who might live across the country. And they feel really supported by this group. They feel encouraged by the work that they're producing. We had one student um, start and at the beginning, he was taking other people's work. Say we were doing a drawing of a dinosaur. He would have a dinosaur coloring book and he would be coloring along with us. And then he'd show it the finished page and say, this is my dinosaur. Or he'd say he wrote a poem and he'd read it to us and we would know. Um, we didn't make a big issue of it. And eventually over time, his confidence grew to the level where now a year into this, as crazy as that sounds, he is one of our best artists, only creating his own work and writing his own song, singing them to us while he's playing the guitar. Like, in one year, these transitions have turned from just a single reading a story every night so that the kids have an activity to this entire community of people all over the country with PWS who have friends and enthusiasm and appreciation for who they are. It's not so much of a, oh no, I have PWS. It's a, it's cool, I have PWS and I have all these friends that are just like me. It's, we've restrained, reframed it. So it's now PW strong, right? You're taking the syndrome, yeah. Prader-Willi syndrome and you're saying you're Prader-Willi strong. It's pretty cool. I think too, you know, not only, I mean, the feedback we, I don't think we ever thought the feedback we would get would be where we are today. Um, you know, we thought about it as let's just get everybody together because we're, we're dealing in this crazy time. We don't know what's going on. Um, but the feedback we've gotten, you know, we have one family whose siblings join um, and the mom reached out to us and, and she thanked us. She said, you know, his, his older sister didn't understand PWS, didn't understand why her brother was this way. Um, but now she sees how adults, how you guys interact with him 
and she sees how other friends and other people on the screen interact with him. And now she's doing better and she's understanding. I mean, she joins every time he's on there, they're on there together um, and they're building a better relationship by this. So it's, it's so encouraging for us. I mean, it brings us to tears sometimes because, you know, here's our little virtual world. We thought we were creating to read stories a couple times a week, you know, just to keep everybody connected and, and here's what's come out of it. Um, It truly is incredible. Yeah, we had no idea it was going to be this great. And we get the questions from the kids. Now that we're going to start going back to school, what does that mean? Is this over? And we said, of course not. So now they're bringing their craft box day program with them. (laughs) (laughs) Craft and day program. Um, It's pretty incredible. I think, I mean, I can say having been at Latham for eight years and having done many publications ranging from cookbooks to um, kind of best practices with Patrice, this probably our crowning achievement just mm-hmm. the yeah. changing model that we've done for people at latham centers and outside of latham centers yeah and it wasn't the intention a- yeah the kids made this happen mm-hmm. really and if you need a silver lining of covid here it is <laughs> yeah. yeah wow so i want to sign freya up <laughs> so amazing. Yeah, she's welcome she's welcome so, to come yeah yeah so how can that can anybody join yeah. like can yep. is it so um, we have an email address um our email address you can reach all of us at admissions at lathamcenters.org so that's admissions which is plural at l-a-t-h-a-m as in matthew c-e-n-t-e-r-s so that's plural as well dot org we will um sign you up for whichever you're interested yep. in and we can send you information about the four different opportunities. Yep. Yeah. Thank we you. can also add you to our mailing list. Fun. If you do get in touch with us, we'll add you to our mailing list. So for example, um, next week we have a blast coming out about our new classes being the craft corner and the book club that we are mm-hmm. actually today. It's first day of book club. Yep. So Ooh, exciting. Nice. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds great. So um, yeah, I'm sure you'll have uh, people checking that out. I will for sure because um, we got a post. It's just been in the last like six months, maybe to a year that I've even been talking with Freya about having PWS, you know, because that was, yes. you know, trying to figure out how to how to work that and all the things around that. And so now any opportunity I get, like I got a, I think a postcard from, it was a California foundation or PWSA, um, but with pictures of a bunch of kids on it and so I showed it to Freya and I found her you know and saying like look they all have PWS like you isn't that cool and she would like this then she'd really like I think so yeah because I would find her like she would keep looking at the postcard and yeah um, Yeah. we have one friend in California that we know and and uh we did a zoom recently and yeah so she would love it and I bet a lot of kids would love it uh it's pretty great and there's some kids that only join once in a while because they just want to pop on and see how their friends are doing and some people that join religiously every single day that we offer it. Um, and if they don't join us, they send us an email and let us know that they won't yeah. be previous <laughs> engagement. Everybody handles it with a different level of seriousness. To us, we're very serious about it. It's always routine for us. And the only time we don't do it is if it lands on a particular holiday. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think we really too just we gauge the student you know there's some students that you know like I said before virtual has been really tough for them. Um, So there's some students that might stay on mute the entire time and that's okay. 
Um, you know, so we're not going to make somebody participate or make somebody talk during it. Um, you know, we really kind of gauge what their, you know, what their level is with their comfortability. Um, but we're just happy to have them there, whether they're, you know, on camera or not cam on camera, um, it doesn't matter to us. We're just happy that they're there joining us. Yeah. So Katrina, you sent me a book, the, mm -hmm. um, the understanding the PWS mindset. Yeah. Um, so I looked through it this morning like I said the poetry was beautiful yeah. and really hit me but there was some really uh, great um, you know advice for parents in there so is that a book or well for anybody that's working with kids with PWS mm -hmm. yeah. um, so is is that um, book is that available for people to get yeah. to the website or? yeah so um, at Latham centers we will really find that we have a certain responsibility to the entire PWS community. We have this hub of individuals with PWS and we have 260 staff who work with individuals of PWS. So if you consider it kind of like a brain trust, we're always thinking of new and kind of best practices for working with individuals or groups of people. And um, we have some publications that are for purchase on our website, like our cookbook. But we've decided that it's in everyone's best interest, including the staff at Latham Centers, to create some publications that we can just give to everyone. So this is what the PWS Mindset book is. Um, Patrice and Brittany and I got together and really started floating ideas around about how can you take the world of PWS, where people talk in scientific conferences about the chromosomes and about why certain behaviors are happening as a result of synapses and brain chemistry and all sorts of this crazy stuff that it is really interesting. But if you're just starting to work with somebody with PWS or you're a babysitter or you're a sibling who's 12 years old and you're asking, why does my brother act that way? You can read this book that we've kind of brought down to a level that we hope everybody will relate to at a certain point in the book and say, oh, I can recall when I might have acted more punitively in this environment, or I might have um, kind of brushed something off that ended up being something really big like skin picking as a result of anxiety and bringing it all into one book that's relatively short where somebody can read it and say, I think I understand this person in my life with PWS just a little bit more from reading this manual. Um, different chapters will apply to different people. But I, I know that we're really proud of that book because we want everyone to be able to read it. And again, if you email that admissions email I mentioned earlier, we will send you a free electronic co copy. If you wanted to print it out, we have a printable version as well. We wanted to make it as easy and as accessible for everyone, but we do hope that people get in touch with us. We don't just have it on the Latham Center's website. We like to create relationships with people and learn about them. And so just send us an email. We'll kind of start up a friendship with you, um, send you the booklet and it can just go from there. And I would like to pass this over to Patrice as well, because Patrice, when we talk about that brain trust at Latham Centers, Patrice really sits right at the top of it. Patrice is our all-knowing kind of guru about <laughs> She's shaking her head right now, but she knows it's true. Um, World-renowned in what she does at, La at Latham Centers and around the world for PWS. So Patrice, I would like to kind of give you the opportunity to um, say anything about the book that I didn't mention for parents and staff people who are listening to this. Yeah, and really what we wanted to do with that book was 
give people a chance to get to know PWS who don't have degrees, right? So there's all sorts of information out there for doctors and scientists and, and pretty when you Google it, like that's what you find. You find out stuff about, you know, genetics and um, the medical conditions. And that's great. We need that information. It's awesome. But there really wasn't anything for daycare providers, for um, paras in the school, for um, your babysitter, right? If you're going out for the night, you, you want someone to sit with your kids. Um, there wasn't anything written for, for those people in your child's life. And there's a lot of people like that in your child's life. And there really wasn't anything for them. And that's, that's why we did it. We kind of put it out there that, you know, here's what we know, and we'll keep adding to it. There's a few more things that I still, I want to add to it right now. So we'll probably do, you know, we'll addendum to that at some point pretty soon. Um, but that's, that was the idea of it, is that we needed just kind of real talk about this is why they're acting the way they're acting. Mm -hmm. Now there's a reason for it. They're not just being difficult. There's a reason for yeah. this, a real reason. So. I kind of consider this podcast, right? We have talked so much about PWS in the last 40 minutes and we could continue to talk and talk and talk about this. And we're talking about it not in terms of the chromosomal, chromosomal right. functions or deficiencies, we're talking about it as people. These are people in our lives that we love and who can yeah. do amazing things. Yeah. So mm -hmm. their caretakers, albeit a mom or a friend, can really understand a little bit more about that mindset. Maybe we can be just a little bit better caretaker. Yeah, I love it. So I also wanted to, um, yeah, because you guys have been doing a podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we'd love you... to have you on our podcast. <laughs> I would, I would love that. Yeah. That'd be great. So do you want to yeah, so... go ahead? Yeah. Our podcast, we really kind of focus on the kids, um, because we have that opportunity. So we do, uh, highlight kids that don't always have PWS. I would say the majority of the kids we highlight have PWS. And we talk about everything ranging from what makes you a good friend to um, parent questions that we get often in times to preparing for the summer months over COVID. So you can imagine that our podcasts, Patrice, right at the beginning, um, were much more about, oh my gosh, what do I do right now? And it turned then into parent questions. And now we're at a point where we're getting back to the kiddos and we just published an amazing podcast with one of our students, Mia. Um, and she kind of created this guide to being a good friend in a way where Patrice and I just sat there listening to her just like we're doing now. And our jaws were dropping <laughs> at each other. Like maybe Mia can just do this podcast. On she doesn't do that. <laughs> um, so I encourage everyone to go check it out. It's called um, Living Healthy Podcast, PWS University specifically, um, and it's on Podbean. So you can type into Podbean, PWS University. We have about 15 podcasts up. We try to publish one about once every month, but it's give or take. Um, and the last few, you'll really notice hone in on those kiddos because who else do you guys want to hear from? But like, the kids themselves, right? They're the best part. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So did any of you have anybody with in your life with PWS before you started working in this area? Nope. No. So no. it just, no. no, sorry. We're all shaking our heads. <laughs> no, no, we haven't. No. We just fell in love with the people we work with staff. It's the, the population like you in the community 
that genuinely care. It's rare that you find somebody in our field, at least I find through my experience at conferences, et cetera, that you don't want to continue talking to, right? Mm -hmm. It just has a certain level of interest in what we do. Um, I don't think I could picture myself in any other field. And I was in social media analytics when I was in college. So that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, maybe just one more one more question. What is, if, if there is one, like a misconception that you people, that you think people have oh, about yeah. people with PWS, and this is your yeah. chance to dispel that. That they are acting um, in inappropriate ways on purpose, that they are intentionally um, displaying challenging behaviors. That is the number one uh, myth that I, I would like to dispel, is that their, their behaviors are not intentional. They're not choosing to act that way when they're upset. I think the other thing is, you know, like Patricia said before, you Google and you see the food pieces and the, the you know, it's all about, you know, food, the food drive. And yes, you know, we all know that that's a prominent piece of it, but there's so much more to it. You know, the executive fun functioning, the sensory processing, um, kind of everything we've talked about today. I think the only thing that I would add to that is every kind of area of special needs is interesting and, and you can really dive into it. I think what I've really taken from this job is that a person with PWS tends to be kind, they tend to be funny, they tend to really care about other people. Um, and if you really take the time to get to know somebody with this diagnosis, they will blow your mind with how good a person they are. I mean, yeah. regardless of their abilities with PWS, and it is a spectrum, some people will be more challenging to talk to, others will be less challenging to have a conversation with. But if you take that time, you will feel so rewarded because you will impact them. Yeah. They really, truly are the best. And if you ever think they'll forget about something, they won't. <laughs> no, <that's true. laughs> no, they don't. That's the truth. They will not. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think for families, I think it's important for them to know that there will be people in your children's lives outside of your family that will love them, that mm -hmm. will want to spend time with them, that they'll be loved by people outside of your family.